your turn to... Oh, is it for me? Consider yourself fired. Why are you winking at me? Consider yourself fired. Hello, and welcome to the JT and Drew Show. I'm JT. And I'm Drew. And we're two nobodies talking about nothing. Nothing. Consider yourself fired. All right. Well, uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Um... If you, uh, if this is your first time tuning in, this is the uh, Drew Show, uh, and I do have a special guest with me this evening. Uh, some of y'all may have heard of him, uh, but probably not. Uh, JT, welcome back. This is my show too, Dick Nevin. All right. <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> thanks for having me back, Ben. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> back to the JT Show. Uh, we got a full. Uh, Got a full show for you. We're uh, gonna hit it hard and hit it fast. Uh, Drew, if you could uh, drum roll me, please. Yes, drum roll. Um, put your boobs away there, Drew. Oh, sorry, <laughs> get excited. <laughs> yeah, you said drum roll. You know, <laughs> I thought he said jelly roll. <clears throat> hey oh, hey oh. But yes, we do have a packed show, um, and I'm excited about this. You know, we we've talked about. Uh, side hustles in the past and oh, just a ways few shows to earn ago. extra yeah earn ways to earn extra income and that kind of thing um well so this kind of got me intrigued in in the side hustles that we were talking about with jessica right mm-hmm. and um we so i started i tried to start thinking about what could what could help you make not like legit money but like a little more extra in the pocket if you're just kind of you do your little nine to five and i say your little nine to five sometimes that's like a mental exhaustion but if you're still hungry at the end of the day and you're like i'm fed up with doing just my normal nine to five i kind of want some extra money on the side what's like a real legit thing uh that we can that i could do to earn some extra cash on the side and it doesn't necessarily have to be like a full-time job these things that we talk about you could Mm -hmm. you could have them as a full-time if you are in a really good area for that stuff you know yeah location 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 you know if you enjoy it you could definitely turn it into your full-time your full-time gig um but like you said as well you know, if, if you're still hungry at the end of the day, if there's something a little extra that you're still wanting, um, these may be viable options for you. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think they would be really good. Um, do you want to you wanna get into the first one already? Yeah, let's go ahead and dive in. All right, man. So the first one on our list is a real estate agent. Oh, I like real estate. Yeah, I like real estate as well. Um, in fact, uh, I was... I kind of got off the boat for this one, but I really just like going out and looking at houses, just kind of yeah. see what's out on the market, what's open, what are some cool things that people do with their little setup that they have and, and what they had necessarily, well, what they have to do in order to get it picture ready. And what are you as the s- buyer going to look at when you, when you look at a, a house or, um, not necessarily a house. What do you do if you look at like a, a building that you want to buy or something? You know, real mm-hmm. estate agents do stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, I started 
digging in and I was like, holy mackerel. Now, I think, and you know, we don't necessarily have to call this this, but I think we should call this episode Side Hustles with Certifications because a lot of these that we have, uh, you need a certification to get. And some things may be out of your pocket right now, but if you work at it and save, I believe you can do this. And I am at no means any of these what we're fixing to talk about. And Drew is none of these what we were talking about, you know. But they're really good ideas and they've kind of piqued my interest. You can say if they've piqued yours. My my interest has been piqued for sure. Yeah, so real estate agent. What does it take to be a real estate agent? Oh my goodness. There was so much information out there and so i had to narrow it down yeah i had to narrow it down to just the state that we're in so texas is kind of our focus with this but like most things you've got to be at least 18 years or older so if any of our listeners legal adult yeah so if any of our listeners are 17 and lower does not you can skip ahead but you can listen and when you become 18, you can have this in your side pocket. Yeah, you can start planning now. Yeah. So the courses that they have for these are going to be 180 hours uh, educational courses. Uh, I have spoken with a real estate agent who took it a few years ago. Um, and she was telling me that her husband, when he took it, he could just skip through the slides or the uh, the videos and then go to the questions and answer them that way. And now they have stopped that, and you have to actually watch the video, write your information down, do a couple of pop quizzes, and then you do like a like a end of course exam after every single one of them, or not every single one of them, but but a good majority of them. So <clears throat> there is that. Okay. So it's time consuming. Um, you have to find a sponsoring broker. Uh, the broker that's going to hire you on. Now, when you do this, there's going to be some fees that you're going to have to pay in order to get a desk or a slot or an office at that particular location. So you're going to have to set money aside for that. But there are some real estate brokers out there that will not charge you up front, but they'll take a little bit of your commission on every sale that you do. So there is that. There's options. You're not limited to just one person, right? There's some fees for the Texas Real Estate Commission that you have to pay. Um, I was not able to dial back on exactly that amount. It, the website does not have it, so you will have to go out to the real estate commissions and see how much that's going to cost you. Um, you obviously have to pass your real estate license exam, which is all the information that's on the educational courses. And you can either find that online or you can take a class at, say, a college. So, and we'll get into that here in just a minute. So, so what is the cost for these real estate courses? Is it something that's going to be, you know, hey, I need to save up for a couple of years, like like going to college or something? Or some can. Um, there were some some colleges online. Um, I'm sorry, some colleges that you could go through that could cost up to about $4,500 in order to take this particular course. Uh, but that's okay. sitting in a classroom and going over the materials and stuff. And if that's the way you learn, 
And I bet you can get some grants or, you know, something that can help you out in that. And correct me if I'm wrong, but these courses, they prepare you to take the licensing exam. Correct. They sure do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Or you can do it online. And I think this is going to kind of be where everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people are going to really take to this. You could take it online through a certified college and it may only cost you up to a thousand dollars. Oh wow! So that's you know less money out of your pocket. You're doing it on your yeah. own time, and a lot of well, these, that may be that may be better for our folks that that currently work a nine to five. Exactly. Yeah, you can do your nine to five, get off, and do a few hours of these courses. And I believe from uh, the individual that I had talked to, it was pretty much it was on your own time. It was paced. At your convenience. So no one's rushing you. Yeah. No one's rushing you. No one's making you turn in papers on a particular time frame or anything like that. So, you know, it's all based off you. Now, these courses could take anywhere between, and this depends on how fast you go, could take Mm -hmm. anywhere between two to six months to finish. And that's starting your exam and then taking taking your final exam to to become a licensed agent. Now, the big question is, what's the payout for you, right? So, i got to get out my handy-dandy calculator, right? So, we know Ooh. right now that the market is pretty high, right? So, houses five, ten years ago that you were going to buy for maybe 140000 maybe at... 250,000 or 285 or 300,000, you know. Mm. And as a real estate agent, uh you take a percentage of what the house sells for, right? So you get a percentage of the total selling value or or yeah, the commission. Commission, yeah. And so there's a lot of different numbers that are out there right now. I know back in the day it used to just be three percent like oh you would get three percent cut of what the selling price Mm was right but now it's looking like agents can set the bar no higher than six percent so it depends on what broker you go through you know what they're willing to allow you to set your um your agent fee at but it's it's um, interesting because, well, yeah, I was going to say, I'll, I'll say, <clears throat> yeah, the rates have gone up. Sure. And it depends on, like you said, it depends on the brokers, the real estate agents. But man, some of those real estate agents out there, granted, most of the time they're full time, but some of them work so hard for it. Oh, yeah. I know the last house that we had um, before our current house when we sold that, we went through a uh, particular broker and realtor that we had used um, to purchase that house. Yeah. They came in, they worked with us. I mean, we did very little. They did a lot. The house was listed and in less than 24 hours, we had two offers for the full asking price. Really? And, And some realtors or firms or what have you, You know, it's kind of, hey, we'll list it. We'll see if we get any bites. And others are, okay, hey, we'll list it. And I've already got clients in mind. Yeah, exactly. 
You know, I'm going to, I know people that are what they're looking for. Um, this checks those boxes. I'm going to reach out to them, show them this place. Like they, they really, their strategies, obviously they vary, but they some of them are, are very hard working. And, you know, when you add it all up, okay, maybe it would be cheaper, right? To pay a 3% commission, but how long is your house on the market? Are you going to be sitting on it for a month, three months, six months, a year? Yeah. Or, and, and not to say that everybody who has a higher commission sells them quicker, but if you have somebody that is a hard worker and is getting out there, getting after it and really working for you, I mean, holy cow, you know, they've, they've earned it, in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, especially if they already have clients in mind before the house goes on the market. You know, that mm-hmm. really helps you and the other person as quickly as possible. So maybe yeah. maybe a 5 or 6% um, uh, asking price for their commission, that's not unreasonable. Right. So let's just do, let's do the standard 3%, right? Uh, okay. So if you sell a house at $300,000, 3% of $300,000 is $9,000. So $9,000 gets put back into your pocket for the work that you do to sell that house. Mm -hmm. So, but, but with the, uh, 6%, um, say if you're a real estate agent and you've got a 6% on the commission, you're putting back in your pocket 18 grand on one sale. Yeah. again i'll put the stipulation out there you know how how much of a go-getter are you or not well are you are you sitting on things right but are you also a people person too because oh absolutely because that that's really got to get into um how you communicate with people not too pushy but then again you're not kind of back and you're not letting your clients tell you this is this is the house that I saw and this is what I want and blah, blah, blah. You know? Right. You've got to listen as well. Yeah. So. But you could sell one house and maybe that, that 18 grand in your pocket is awesome, but maybe you don't sell another one for six months. Yeah. You know, That's or realization a year or whatever the case. So, so again, d- depending on your work ethic, the market where you're currently at uh, and your people skills and, and whatnot. I mean, you could do really well. You have the, the potential could be there for sure. It sure can. And um, real estate agent in our community, I'm just going to tell you this, in our location is not good because there is a bucket load of them here. Mm-hmm. So, it's a saturated market. Yeah, here. But if you get into a place that, you know, you, you're always going to have a bunch of real estate agents, but you've got to remember that a lot of those people are part-time. So, mm. and that might be you at the start-off. You know, you might be doing it part-time and make may only make a sale every three months or every, you know, six months or whatever, but it's extra, that's extra money in your pocket. And if you really like it, then if you get really good, if you get really good at it, then why not make it a full-time gig? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Where you're selling three houses a month or you're selling, you know, um, 10 houses every three months or whatever, whatever it is. Right. So 
just uh, food for thought. Um, but there's a lot that you can do. Like if you get your real estate license, there's a lot that you can do that I kind of dove into. And you can, if you've got some time under your belt, you can become your own broker and start your own company and do all this stuff. But what really kind of, um, kind of uh, wowed me was a wholesaling real estate agent or well wholesale real estate is what it's called um okay so it's it's i'm going to start this off with you do not have to have your real estate agent license in order to do this however it helps if you do because you can get put into that market a little quicker and you, if you have some time under your belt as far as getting a house ready for sale and stuff like that, you can really help with this particular market and maybe make a little extra on the selling aspect yeah. of it. <clears throat> well, and you might come off with, um, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Credentials. Um, oh, there's a word. You Credibility. Your credibility, um, you know, having the license to back it up yes, would speak volumes versus somebody who doesn't. Right. And if, you know, you're, um, like you said, credibility, if you have the numbers or you have the, the, if you can back up your claim on, hey, I can sell this house for you instead of uh, I'll let you sell it and I'll just kind of profit a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. you can, you can tell people, Hey, I'll take care of everything. It's just a little bit extra fee. Uh, they may just go ahead and give it to you. And what kind of put me in this, um, mindset, uh, would be like if you had, um, a death in the family, say your parents passed away, right. Or, oh yeah, you know, and you're just like, we really love their home. It was where we grew up. So we can't burden ourselves to put it back on the market but we need our family to get some extra money or whatever so we need to sell it but we just don't have the heart to do it here you do it for us so yeah so you know it's what is a real estate wholesale or what is real estate wholesaling um according to fortune builders wholesale real estate is where the seller doesn't want to spend the time and the effort preparing the home for a market, so they contact a wholesale real estate agent to make the sale to make the sale for them. You know, so again, that's kind of where my mindset was. Where if your parents pass away, you just don't have the heart to put it on the market. You can give it to an agent or go to an agency, and they'll wholesale it for you. Now, um, usually the sale will be to someone that is what's called an end buyer so not necessarily are they going to be selling it to a person but they may be selling it to another like a landlord or someone like that right where they're going to get renters so oh okay yeah so so end buyers are typically real estate rehabbers um again um people that are just in the market to get uh, homes to resell themselves, to flip them again, or to yeah. just throw them as a as a uh, as a rental. More more like investor types. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, they're not gonna. Um, end buyers aren't going to spend their time identifying discounted properties. They're gonna go straight to a wholesaler 
and just buy what's what they have to offer. So if you can get in with, again, being a real estate agent, a licensed real estate agent, that'll put you in that market a lot better than not having your license. Now, again, mm-hmm. you don't have to have your license to do this because basically you're just the middleman. So, but what's the potential? What's the payout for wholesaling? Okay. And I, and, um, fortune builders had an example there. So I just kind of use theirs. But if you sell a house for a market value of it is like $200,000. So you say, Hey, let's see if we can sell it for 225. Right. Then your potential profit could be to uh, $25,000 because you're doing all of it. You're getting the house ready. You're doing the one as the, the uh, real estate wholesale in order Interesting. for, yeah, in order for these. So your payouts better again, getting into that little niche of uh, market, you're getting the house set up. You're doing all this as the wholesaler, they go in and they buy it. Your profit margin goes way up. Again, the people who are selling the house are going to get the majority, so they'll get $200,000, but you will get twenty five k. So, not too bad. Not too bad at all. I um yeah, I I don't think there's a huge market for that. <clears throat> um there may be. And you think about it, it's kind of sad to say, but the greatest generation Right, the men and women who fought in World War Two, the Korean War, right? All those guys are pretty well they're not gone, but they're they're going out the door, right? The next generation are the men and women who fought in Vietnam. And those are the baby boomers. The baby boomers aren't getting any younger. So maybe the market of that and there's a lot more baby boomers than there was the the greatest generation. So there's a lot more houses that are owned by older folks. Their kids aren't going to want to do that, uh, sell the property again. Maybe a house that they grew up in. Excuse me. Maybe anything could happen, right? But right now, wholesaling isn't a huge market, but it is a market, and it could potentially get even bigger. So, Very interesting. Again, location, location, location. Mhm. This may benefit the real estate re, re, the realtors out in like metroplex areas. Houston, San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, big areas like that. But you come out east west when you're in oh, what's a if you're in like um a small potent town where you only have a population of two, 3,000 people, that may not be your marketplace to do it. Not saying that it's not there. You're just not going to get what you could potentially in the Metroplex. Right. So, but. Speaking of uh, potential and uh, marketplace and wholesaling and real estate, yeah. Uh, I'd like to uh, throw something out there real quick. It's completely off that topic. Okay. But Minimotos, if you're in to Minimotos, 
and this goes out to all the listeners. Yeah. If you're into mini motos, you should be sure to check out our good friend Drew Springs at his YouTube channel, which is called Drew Springs. That's D R E W S P R I N G S. Drew Springs. One word. And um, you really should check him out. He, you can kind of follow him on his journey into the world of mini motos. And um, he does everything from maintenance, uh, gives tips and tricks on how to save money at the pump, um, and even just, you know, enjoying the ride. Uh, from what I understand, he's got a GoPro or two, and he'll film sometimes. And uh, you get to kind of go on the adventure with him. Yeah. Uh, so he kind of covers all of it. He's, so I definitely recommend to check out Drew Springs. Yeah, definitely. And he's a stand-up guy. Um, really nice. We had an interview with him on the last episode and wanted mm-hmm. to give him another shout-out. So Drew Springs, if you're listening, keep going, bud. And I uh, hope your channel grows. You're my boy, Blue. <laughs> Speaking of Blue. Yeah. Another... Potential side hustle slash full-time gig slash, hey, I'm retired, I'm looking for something or in between or whatever the case. Yeah. Something that I found that was kind of interesting was becoming a notary. Ooh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, you, you never know. Well, that's not the right way to say that. You never. Oh, gosh. My mind is going blank. I know. That happened to me. It's like when you need the cops and they're not around. It's like that with notaries, right? You need something notarized and you're like, oh, crap, where do I go? Yeah. Who, who do I get to do this? Uh, and then you're frantically Googling or checking the yellow pages or whatever it is that you do to find that information. Yellow pages? What the heck yeah, is that? Yeah, I barely know them. <laughs> um, so consider becoming a notary. So what is a notary, you might ask? I was just Great about question. to ask that. What is a notary? Great question, JT. Thanks for asking. That's what to do. According to nationalnotary.org, a notary is an official of integrity appointed by state government to serve the public as an impartial witness in performing a variety of official fraud deterrent acts related to the signing of important documents. So in other words, a notary is like a legal witness. Yeah. And... um for like important documents, right? Right. So if you have something that needs to be notarized, you would take those documents to the notary. They would instruct you when to sign or initial or whatever it is that you need to do. And then they would sign and initial whatever they need to do and give the document their stamp of approval, basically. Yeah. So then when you turn it into whatever agency you're turning it into, they will know that, okay, this has been certified by a a legal witness, so this is a, a what, what's the word, a true document? Yeah, true blue. Um, yeah, it's not been falsified. It's not, you know, this, somebody else has acknowledged that this is good to go. And legal. Um, yes. Question for you. Uh, yeah. I thought the notary was at the bank. Why can't I just go to a bank? You know, that's a good question. Uh, You'll have to ask the bank that. Moving on. Um, No, so sometimes with banks in particular, they they require that you have a uh, an account established with them. Mm -hmm. So you can't necessarily just walk into any bank and hey, I need to get this notarized. Um, And sometimes it just depends on the notary. So 
if they're a public notary, usually they're employed by some agency. So for example, if the bank has you on the payroll as a notary, then you're a bank employee who notarizes for the bank. Right. Again, so if you have an account with them, you could utilize that service. Um, private notaries, however, you're kind of more your own boss. You know, you can what? see who whoever. Um, I know here there is a notary at the courthouse mm-hmm. who provides free services, but I believe they're paid through the county. Okay. So they just kind of do it as their own little gig. Right. It's kind of kind of like an additional duty um, for that particular person. Uh, and then I know another gentleman who's retired and had some experience doing notary work in the past and is decided to pick it up again. Well, good for him. And he's just doing it on his own. You know, he's not employed by any business for it, but he's he's commissioned by the state. So that's what gives him the uh, authority to do it. All right. Well, good for him. So, yeah. being a notary, how much how much do you make on the like a private guy? So it varies. Um, it, I mean, it's it's kind of all over the place. Um, as of September of 2022, the average annual pay for a mobile public notary uh, in Texas was an average of about forty nine thousand. Oh, um, so More about twenty three, twenty three dollars an hour. So I know I need to talk to the producers about that, <laughs> or I'm not coming back. Come. I'll be back. Yeah, I know you'll I'll be, be back. back. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, if you're an independent notary, so you're working for yourself, yeah, you set your own rates. Really? Um, yeah. According to ZipRecruiter, uh, the top earners can make an hourly wage of about seventy four dollars which comes out to approximately $156,000 a year. Now, again, this is all predicated on how many appointments you have that day. Right. That's not necessarily, oh, I worked an eight-hour day, you know, at $74 an hour. Maybe you had three appointments that day. Maybe you had 10 appointments that day. It, It all just depends. Yeah. And then the length of the appointments will depend as well. Exactly, yeah. I mean, you're gonna sit there and watch them sign and you'll notarize you know maybe three to ten documents maybe that'll take you 15 minutes so you're not getting it all 74 dollars well and i know when we had utilized them for our house um gosh i don't know a year year and a half ago the uh, the individual went through the whole like all the paperwork with us mm-hmm you know, explained everything to us. This is what you're signing. This is what this means. And went through all the, like the legal jargon and the statements that she had to go through and all that. So it was more than just, let me, you know, out of this 300 documents, let me flip to the five pages that we need to sign. Okay, we're done. So sometimes it's a more involved process and other times it's not. Yeah, well, exactly. But you had to pay that individual, right? That was not yes. through your realtor or anything. That was just something that you and your wife had had to do. Correct. Correct. And there's a lot of them that do that. So, you know, when I bought my house, everything was digitally signed. So I didn't have a notary right there. They had a notary at a title company to see that my signatures were there and they notarized it. Mm-hmm. So there's a Well, like when I, when I was in Hawaii, 
my wife had moved out here um, ahead of me to kind of get settled and everything. And I utilized the notary on base where I was at uh, because we had to do a, uh, shoot, not uh, a power of attorney. And they had to notarize that. And then I had to FedEx that over here so that they would have all the paperwork so she could sign in my absence. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And something like that, that was a one or two page document that didn't take any time at all. Right. But that was all through the base, right? Right. So as a service member that was taken care of, there was no me paying them for that service or, or anything like that. And it's another perk from joining the military, guys. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so becoming a notary, knowing all this very little background information that we've given you. Yeah, that was because um, I was about to say, hey, uh, hook, line, and sinker, you got me. How do I become one? Yeah. Yeah, you don't. Oh. But our listeners. Um, Dang no. it. <laughs> so there's really not a whole lot of craziness. Um, there's a few requirements and a few suggestions. Um, so one, you have to make sure that you meet your state's eligibility requirements. So in Texas, again, that's you've got to be 18 years old. Okay. You have to be a resident of Texas and not convicted of a felony or a crime that involves moral turpitude uh, that has not been dismissed or discharged by law. Ooh, okay. And if you uh, have, that's, you know, that's X number one. You can't do it. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead and hang it up. Yep. Um, if you are in Texas, you are also required to purchase and maintain $10,000 surety bond. Uh, so this isn't insurance that protects you as a notary, but it protects the public, whoever you're helping, um, against any financial loss due to improper conduct by you as the notary. Oh, okay. So if, if you jack something up, um, I don't know, didn't go over everything that you needed to or something came out, hey, this actually isn't legal, um, it protects the the customer. So they're not footed with that that liability or that bill or whatever comes of it. Right. Um, you also have to complete the application and the filing fee. Okay. Here in Texas, that's $21. I'm hanging up. That's too much. <laughs> right. I wasn't going to pay anything uh, more than $20.99. Oh, I was going with free, but okay. Well, I like that better. <laughs> uh, you have to receive your commission certificate within two to four weeks of filing and then you have to buy your notary equipment. So you have to buy a seal, uh, a journal or a record book, and a fee schedule. Okay. And then they recommend that you obtain E&O insurance as well as take a continuing education course for additional training. Right. But again, those are optional. Yeah. Well, I think that E&O insurance would probably protect you of anything that, yes. would, that legally could happen. So yeah. it. Yeah, I know. I know it's on here. It says optional, but I, I would highly recommend that one. Just that's just to you know save your own tushy. Yeah, absolutely. You never you never know what's going to happen. Right. Well, that's yeah, great. Man. So, so these are just a few ideas um, for side hustles. Yeah, not or as new careers. Yeah, not as goofy maybe. or silly as we did last time, but um, it really did kind of spark an interest in. And us to like, well, hey, actually, how could you make some decent money for a side hustle? These things, you don't have to do it all the time. You can do it after your 9 to 5. You can do it on the weekends. Right. You can, 
you know, you have a, for, say, if you're a notary, you have your Saturday fees and your Sunday fees, you know. Right, yeah. You know, you, you can really work as much or as little as you want to. Yeah. But again, you got to remember, as a side hustle, it's all determined on you. So mm-hmm. how hungry are you to get some extra money? If you're sitting on your couch, eating your bag of Cheetos, watching Netflix or Hulu or whatever, and you're just sitting there whining about, oh, I don't make enough money, and you have no drive to do it, you're not going to get any money. Yeah. Simply put. <clears throat> Crudely you know, you, put, but as You the have the power to change your own circumstances. It, it, it's not just going to That's not what you tell necessarily me. just happen. Well, you're you're special. Paco. You don't even know. You don't even know. Girl. <laughs> so, in true JT and Drew fashion, we encourage you to go do your own research. Yes. And uh, make any changes that you may need or want to make for your future. Exactly. And if you have any questions or want to dive a little deeper but don't know which direction to go, give us a, give us a shout out or an email. Message us on Facebook. You know, we're here. We'll we'll help you out as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. We give you some uh, good resources, um, information that we found or, or what have you, anything that'll make it easier for you. So Yeah. All right, bud. Well that was a great show. Yeah, thanks for uh thanks for being on my show again. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for being on mine. I'll uh uh, have the producers talk about your check on your way out. <laughs> it's probably going to bounce, but you know, <laughs> I'm used to it. Yeah. You should be at this point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, girdle. Yeah. I've been saying that all day. <laughs> all right, brother. Well, I will catch you on the flip flop. Sounds good. Thongs out. As always, we'd like to say thank you for stopping by and listening to the podcast. Yeah, we realized that uh, you could have been doing anything uh, way more productive, but you chose to waste your time with us. We look forward to talking about absolutely nothing with you next time. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, please email us at jtandrewshow at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash JT Drew Show.